Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 74 of The Sco Show, probably a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield. Happy to be in the big chair for today, Monday, February 10th, 2020. It is another Mock Draft Monday, Mock Draft 2.0. Today, I'm going to do a Mock Draft with you live on the air. This time using FanSpeak. And again, we are going no trades. The first two, Mock Draft 1.0 over at the Draft Network. They have their new premium platform. You should check that out. And then today's via FanSpeak will be no trades. We'll get into trades as we get closer to the draft. And speaking of closer to the draft, we are closer to the Combine out in Indianapolis. We will have boots on the ground for you here at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. I will be wheels up out of BWI to Indianapolis on Monday night. In a couple of weeks. So excited to be out in Indy. It's going to be a different combine this year. Everything's happening in prime time. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Let's put it that way. But before we dive into the mocks, your reminder, please check out the work on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and yes, three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View. Bleeding Green Nation, where I co-host the QB Sco Show. And please send in some questions for Michael and I. We're going to be doing a listener question show this week. And, of course, right here at Pat's Pulpit. Also send in some questions. Brad Kelly is going to be joining us from Cover One in a bunch of different places. The new NFL Draft podcast on the Brawl Network. He's going to talk some tight ends and wide receivers for us later this week. So send in some questions for Mr. Kelly. And I know... I could dive into Brady Watch 2020, cue the theme music. No, don't cue the theme music because we're not going to do that. I know there's some speculation based on uh, an interview, Michael Irvin on WEI talking about the Cowboys and how he put his vodka cranberry down to really listen to the fact that they might trade for... I know there's Brady Watch 2020 speculation running rampant. We're going to put it to the side for today. Just put it to the side. We'll come back to Brady Watch as events warrant it. But for now, the mock. And this one, as I said, fan speak, no trades. And as we did in Mock Draft 1.0, we are assuming Tom Brady is coming back. In Mock Draft 1.0, we tried to get Tom Brady weapons. And this one, well, we'll see how it plays out. We're using Matt Miller's most recent board team needs as selected by fan speaks one and only Steve. And the current draft order. Because let's, you know, try to be realistic here. And so let's see how the Patriots fare. Starting with their first pick at 23. And now at 23, we have... Well, we've got a decision to make, kids. Because we could go the wide receiver route, right? Justin Jefferson from LSU is on the board. Keji Hamler from Penn State is on the board. Brendan Ayuk from Arizona State is on the board. And the more I've started looking at mocks and doing them on my own, the more I'm realizing that lack of a second-round pick is going to sting. So in the real world, I'm expecting New England to trade back at this point. Try to get a second-round pick in the mix. And I know some of you in the mocks that I'm about to read in the second half of the show did that. But since we're not doing any trades, we're going to stay here. I'm going to pass on wide receiver. There's a name that's staring me in the face. Jordan Love from Utah State. He's still available here. That's interesting. 
There's a lot of running back talent here. J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. I can't go running back at this point. Clyde Edwards, Alares on the board. I can't go running back here. And there's, look, there's Colmet, Komet, the tight end from Notre Dame. He's on the board. I'm going to hold on him as well. Marlon Davidson, the Auburn Edge. He's available. I'm going to hold on him. I'm going to go in a different direction. And let's face it. There, there are questions at this position for the wide receivers. I mean, for the New England Patriots, excuse me, there are questions about guys that could be on their way out of town. So we're going to draft somebody that I think Bill Belichick is going to like. Patrick Queen from LSU, the linebacker. Smart, good processor at the linebacker position. Very explosive, first-to-the-football type of guy. Very fluid, good in coverage, short area quickness, good change of direction. Maybe he's not the most powerful linebacker, but he's a sideline-to-sideline guy. He can be a mic. He can help on third downs. I think Bill Belichick would love to get his hands on a linebacker with his sort of trait basis. So we're going to go Patrick Queen from LSU. And now we wait because without that second-round pick, things kind of sting. And I know we're going to address the lack of a second-round pick and some of the mocks I've got coming up from the listeners here in a moment. But I do think going forward, I don't want to say sitting here in February that, yeah, they're definitely going to trade down, but it certainly has that feel. Because we often talk about, we talked about this in the past couple of drafts, that 40 to 80 kind of range often feels like the sweet spot of drafts. And the Patriots want to be in that, I think. Because just to throw out some names that are coming off the board here, A.J. Terrell at 40 in this one. Cole Komet comes off at 42 to the Jaguars. Xavier McKinney at 43. DeAndre Swift at 46. KJ Hamler at 49. Bryson Hopkins at 51. Like you're seeing some talent come off the board in this. Brandon Ayuk at 58. Josh Uche at 60. These are names that have been linked to the Patriots. Curtis Weaver with the last pick of the second round. He's a guy that people have had mocked to the Patriots in the first. So you can see how if the board falls in particular ways, that second round, there's going to be great value to be had. And Patriots will miss out on that. And so I do think they find a way to get back into the second round somehow. But we forge on now. Obviously, the Patriots have a pick in the third round, which we're going to make here in a second. And having addressed linebacker, we probably have to think about getting Tom Brady some help. And there are some names at the wide receiver spot that are available to us. Van Jefferson from Florida is on the board. Lynn Bowden from Kentucky. We ended up playing some QB athletic guy, Chase Claypool, who I've talked about. There are some tight ends. Jared Pickney from Vanderbilt. I don't... Eh. Adam Trotman from Dayton is on the board. Some other wide receivers. Denzel Mims. Quinn Cephas. Thaddeus Moss, the tight end from LSU. Devin DuVernay from Texas. We're going to go with another wide receiver, Brian Edwards from South Carolina. And he's getting a ton of buzz right now on the timeline. I've, I, I'm not saying I'm making this calm, but I saw him comped to Michael Thomas. 
from Marcus Mosher. Does good work on Twitter and elsewhere. But he comped him to Michael Thomas. This is a big comp. And so, look, talented player. You know, not the most dynamic guy. But, look, he, he's a good route runner. Good after the catch. Maybe he's not the most explosive guy, but he can get downfield. Very physical, competitive toughness, good blocker, physical type wide receiver. The one question mark that some have on him, I know, for example, Kyle Krabs, is separation. And the more we study wide receivers, we often see wide receivers that can't separate in the college game. Doesn't translate well to the pros. But I like the value here, so we're going with Edwards, the wide receiver out of LSU with that pick in the third round, that 23rd pick in the third round. But we're on the clock again. This is a pick at 97, another third round pick. And one of the reasons why I was excited to use the fan speak one is because they've started to put the comp picks in. So this would be a comp pick because it's not technically listed as a Patriot selection right now. This is an assumed comp pick they're going to have. Guys like Trent Brown and Trey Flowers. And let's just pull the trigger here. He's still here. We want to address the tight end position. Adam Trotman from Dayton. I love the kid. Like if, if we could get him there, I'd be super excited. And then we're on the clock again. Another third rounder. And I almost just want to say, look, let's just get it done. Tight end position. Boom. Done. We know we need to address it. So let's do that, right? Thaddeus Moss. Why not? And if we could walk away with that out of rounds one through three, Patrick Queen, Thaddeus Moss, Adam Trotman, and Brian Edwards, I'd be pretty excited. That's not a bad haul for the first four picks of the draft. But again, I anticipate that they're going to trade back. But that does look nice. Now we're on the clock again here in the fourth round. This is pick 122. Jalen Hurts, interestingly enough, just came off the board at 121 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And having gone offense for the past couple of picks, I want to circle back. Seems like there's a lot of offensive players still on the board, but I want to address edge again. Want to help the pass rush a bit. Now, there's a couple different players staring me at the face. Kenny Wilkes from Michigan State, for example. He's still on the board. DJ Wanham from South Carolina. Alton Robinson from Syracuse. There are some edge guys still on the board, but there's another name that's staring me in the face. He flashed down at Mobile. Jason Strawbridge from South Carolina. I think he has some versatility. We're going to make him that pick here at 122. And now there's another long gap. Patriots not on the clock again until... A pick at 195 in the sixth round. And one that I did notice a couple picks before this, Jeremy Chin, the safety from Indianapolis Colts, safety from Southern Illinois, excuse me, comes off the board to the Indianapolis Colts. Another thing I noticed, offensive line really has started to thin out. And so while we've gone two tight ends and a wide receiver, as well as two defensive players, the offensive line is really sort of thinned out. And so there aren't any names that I even feel comfortable. Maybe 
with one of the later picks, but not right now. And so we look back at sort of what value we can get now. Carter Coughlin from Minnesota, the edge defender, is here, and it sort of makes you wonder, Did we? he's a good player. Maybe going Strawbridge a little early in the fourth was a, well, I wouldn't say that was a reach. That was a good fit. There were some other tight ends that I know people like still on the board. Sean McKeon, for example, from Michigan, he flashed a bit down at Mobile. I know some people have started to like him. And so it's interesting to see how the board sort of fell this way. Also, Cole McDonald, he's still available. Some other quarterbacks available include James Morgan, Nate Stanley, Bryce Perkins, Jake Luton, Tyler Huntley. Bit of a combine snub, Tyler Huntley, I'd say. But in all, not, not not the best crop of names there, although Stanley is intriguing. Now, as far as what fans speak thinks we still need, defensive line, corner, guard, QB, and offensive tackle. And while maybe we can address all of those, we can address some of them. We can address one of them right here. That's Davon Hamilton from Ohio State. And not that Hamilton is like the most intriguing prospect, But I think that this kid showed some flashes. Veteran-type player. You know, senior, very experienced. Huge, huge guy. Anchor of the Ohio State defensive line. Constantly faces some doubles. Can hold up at the point of attack. Maybe he doesn't have a ton of production. But you're talking about somebody that you're going to want as sort of a bigger body in the interior. And so, Davon Hamilton, interior defensive lineman from Ohio State. Make that the pick here with that 16th selection in the sixth round. But the Patriots on the board again with another sixth round pick. And we still need to address a couple of different positions if possible. There are a couple of different names we could go, a couple of different directions we can go. But I think we sort of need to think about the cornerback position. Just get a little bit of depth here. And again, this is a position that seems to have thinned out a bit. But we'll go with James Pierre from Florida Atlantic. Interesting player. I don't know a ton about him. But we'll learn about him as we go. How about that? We're on the clock again here in the sixth round. And now we're just really sort of going value here. And there's two different ways we can go. But I think we'll go this route. James Morgan, the quarterback from Florida International. Because it wouldn't feel right if I didn't came out of this draft with, with the quarterback. At least one. And since we got another pick here at the sixth round, let's do it. Let's, let's address the offensive tackle position. He struggled a bit at times. Well, actually, you know what? Let's go here. Hakeem Agendi from Kansas. He's still on the board. He's listed as a tackle. I saw some positional flexibility. Seemed like he could handle himself inside, kick it inside to guard. I thought he bounced back well down in Mobile, so we'll make that the pick here. And so now we can just sort of go in any sort of direction we want here with these seventh rounders. Now we got a seventh round pick here, and I'm just going to take somebody that's intriguing. Bryce Perkins, the quarterback from Virginia. 
I like some of the athleticism. I know we already picked a quarterback. But I, I kind of like this kid. So we'll bring him into the fold. And then as we look around here again in the seventh round, here's a name that a lot of people are kind of associating with the New England Patriots, Malcolm Perry. I could do that. Or I could do Mason Kinsey from Berry. We'll go with the D3 kid. Why not? It's my mock. Maybe you'll have him in your mock too. And now with another pick here in the seventh round, I know we could get yet another wide receiver into the mix here, but we'll go with the guard spot. Just get a defensive, I mean, an offensive guard into John Runyon. Obviously, some NFL bloodlines from Michigan. Um, flashed a little bit while he was down at the East West Shrine game. He's played some tackle too, so he's got some positional flexibility up front. His teammate Shea Patterson just comes off the board at 251 to the Miami Dolphins. And there you go. So to recap, Patrick Queen at 23 overall, the linebacker from LSU. Then a pick 87 in the third round. One of a couple of third rounders, Brian Edwards from South Carolina. Adam Trotman, the tight end from Dayton at 97. And Thaddeus Moss, the tight end from LSU at 99. At pick 122, Jason Srawbridge, the de- defensive lineman, edge defender from South no, from North Carolina, not South Carolina. At 195, Davon Hamilton from Ohio State at 204. Cornerback James Pierre from Florida Atlantic at 212. Again, these were sixth rounders. James Morgan from Florida International. At 213, Hakeem Agendi, excuse me, from Kansas. At 230, Bryce Perkins from Virginia. Mason Kinsey from Barry, the D3 kid at 235. And at 241, John Runyon, offensive lineman from Michigan. Up next, your marks. Gets marks from the listeners, either via Twitter or the Scotia Slack channel. And that is ahead on Mock Draft Monday 2.0 here on the Scotia. Mark Schofield back with you now on Mock Draft Monday 2.0 here at the SCO Show, probably a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. Now, today is Monday, November 10th, 2020, and I know given that this is a New England Patriots show, there are a lot of listeners that are probably living in the great state of New Hampshire, and Tuesday is primary day. Now, we don't get political here. Well, in the past, I've gotten, I've waded into a couple of bigger topics at times. I try not to, but I will say this. Look, if you're living in New Hampshire, you've probably been inundated with ads and candidates for a long time now, but do your part. Get out and vote. Please do it. It does count. It does matter. Your voice does matter in the process. Don't care who you vote for. Just want you to get out and do it. America, it's advanced citizenship. What can I say? Let's get to your mocks now. We're going to kick it off with some from the Scotia Slack channel, which again, you can be a part of. Hit me up for an invite at Mark Schofield on the Twitter machine, mark.schofield at insidethepylon.com. If you want to go the email route, I'll get you an invite. We'll get you in. Draft time is fun. We've got channels and threads and rooms talking prospects all the time with the great people in there. Kick it off with one from Jim Reynolds via the Scotia Slack channel. This is a fan speak mock where he made some trades, traded down and I got a pick in the fir- in the second round. Excuse me. So at 35 overall, the first pick comes to us in the second round. Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama. Then at 67 overall, Adam Trotman from Dayton. 
at 87 overall. Van Jefferson from Florida at 98 overall. Logan Wilson, the linebacker from Wyoming. 107, Lakey Fotu, the defensive lineman from Utah. 114 overall. Jason Strawbridge from North Carolina. 122, Logan Stenberg, the guard from Kentucky. 139, Ben Barched, the D3 offensive tackle from St. John's. A 195, Davon Hamilton. There's a familiar name. We just drafted him in ours. Defensive lineman from Ohio State. 204, Malcolm Perry, the wide receiver from Navy. 212, tight end C.J. O'Grady from Arkansas. 213, Asan Bassi, the corner from Wake Forest. 230, Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker from Georgia. 235, Brian Cole, the safety from Mississippi State. And 241, Daryl Williams, the center from Mississippi State. I really like what Jim did there. I particularly like trading down, but still addressing positions of need. Xavier McKinney, the safety, I think that's a nice pick. Getting Strawbridge where he did, Stenberg where he did, Bartz where he did. I really sort of like what he did in that fourth round area. I think that might be another sneaky area of value too, that sort of early day three part of this draft. So I like what he did there. Jim also turned in a different one where we're in a much, much different direction. Trades down a little bit. In this one, he trades out of 23, goes back a few spots to 28. This trade done with the Ravens. And so what he does, he gets their pick of 28 and then their second rounder, which is the 28th pick in the second round. And here's what he does here. Again, it's Xavier McKinney at 28. Then with that pick at 60, it's Josh Uche, the edge from Michigan. Then at 87, Matt Hennessy, the center from Temple. At 97, Adam Trotman. At 99, Ben Barch. A 115, Denzel Mills. And he follows that up with a double tip wide receiver. 145, KJ Hill. 170, Stephen Sullivan. There's a name that I'm very intrigued by. Davon Hamilton at 195. Joe Bocci, the linebacker from Michigan State at 230. Malcolm Perry, the wide receiver from Navy, again at 241. So Jim did two different approaches, two trade down scenarios. But I like both of those. We also got one from Patrick Brown via the Scotia Slack channel. He trades down as well. Trades out of that spot at 23 with the Lions. Gets their pick at the top of the second round. Their pick at the top of the third. And their pick at the top of the fifth. Pretty interesting haul there. And he gets Cole Kmet, the tight end from Notre Dame, with that pick at 35. Then Jake Fromm at 67, the quarterback from Georgia. Again, I know NFL teams are going to love this kid. And the Patriots might love this kid too. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And Jake Fromm at 67, I think, is fantastic value. I think he ends up being a day two pick, but getting him at the start of the third, I like that. Jared Pinkney at 87. Van Jefferson, wide receiver from Florida at 97. Rashard Lawrence, defensive lineman from LSU at 99. Evan Weaver from California, linebacker at 122. Ben Barch, there he is again, 194 overall. With that pick you got from the Lions at the top of the fifth round, Aaron Fuller, wide receiver from Washington at 180. At 204, Michael Divinity, the linebacker from LSU. That's tremendous value right there. 212, Trevis Gibson, the edge from Tulsa. 230, these are now seventh-round picks. Levanta Taylor from Florida State, the corner. And then Charlie Heck, the offensive tackle from North Carolina, 235. And then he rounds it out with running back Reggie Corbin at 241 overall from Illinois. And there was another trade in the sixth round. Traded picks 16 in the sixth round and 34 in the sixth round to go up to the top of the sixth round. That's where we got Aaron Fuller. 
That's a great job from Patrick Brown. I really, really like some of those picks, uh, especially when you look at you go quarterback, maybe zigging when everybody else is zagging, but you still get you get Pinkney at the tight end spot. You get some great wide receivers and Van Jefferson, Aaron Fuller's a nice depth add. And I love you know taking the flyer on Michael Divinity because the talent is there. Uh, I think that was tremendously done. Let's turn to some mocks from the old Twitter machine. Again, you can send yours in for next week's show, Mock Draft 3.0, Mock Draft Monday 3.0 at Mark Schofield on Twitter. First one is a full first-round mock sent over by Paul Maximilian Banks, who is on Twitter, at Paul M. Banks, and has a familiar name at the top, Joe Burrow. Then you get Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia, goes to the Giants. Tua off the board at 15 to the Miami Dolphins. Herbert at 6 overall to the Chargers. Carolina, Isaiah Simmons, the safety linebacker, hybrid player from Clemson. At seven or overall, AJ Panessa, the defensive end from Iowa, at eight to the Cardinals. At nine, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama to Jacksonville. At ten to Cleveland, Jedrick Willis, offensive tackle from Bama. At eleven to the Jets, Tyler Badass, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin. At twelve, Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn to Oakland. At thirteen to the Colts, T. Higgins, wide receiver from Clemens. At fourteen, Austin Jackson, offensive lineman from USC. At fifteen to Denver. Tristan Wirfs, the offensive lineman from Iowa. At 16, CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma. He goes to Atlanta. At 17, to the Cowboys, Christian Fulton, the defensive back from LSU. At 18, the Dolphins via a trade with Pittsburgh. C.J. Henderson, the corner from Florida. At 19, Oakland, that's their pick from the Bears. Gross Matos, the edge from Penn State. At 20, Jacksonville, Bryce Hall, the corner from Florida. At 21, Philadelphia Eagles, Grant Delpit, the defensive back from LSU. Now, I could just say, as somebody in and around covering the Eagles, Eagles fans are clamoring for a wide receiver at that pick. Now, you get Buffalo at 22. They draft Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. At 23, New England Patriots, Henry Ruggs, the wide receiver from Alabama. That would be a nice little pick. At 24, Tyler Johnson to the Saints. The wide receiver from Minnesota. A lot of people saying he's a later round pick, but Paul's a fan of his. At Minnesota, at 25, they get Jafon Kinlaw from South Carolina. Putting him on that defensive line. Oh, Nelly. At 26, Dolphins via trade with Houston. Curtis Weaver, the edge from Boise State. At 27, Seattle, Jordan Fuller, safety Ohio State. At 28, Raycon Davis, defensive lineman from Alabama, goes to the Ravens. At 29, LaVisca Chenault goes to Tennessee. Oh, man. That's a great fit. At 30, Green Bay Packers, KJ Hamler from Penn State, the wide receiver. At 31, San Francisco 49ers, Julian Okanara, the edge from Notre Dame. And at 32, Kansas City Chiefs, Cam Akers, running back, Florida State. Then I got another mock draft here from Aaron Williams, who is at swagdaddy underscore 11. He did a mock over on Fanspeak. And here's what he did for the New England Patriots. At 23 overall, Justin Jefferson from LSU at 87. Matt Pert, the offensive tackle from Connecticut. At 97, Harrison Bryant from Florida Atlantic. At 99, Harrison, I mean, excuse me, Anthony Gordon from Washington State. You don't see me right now. The people on News Channel 8 do. I'm kind of fist pumping to that one. At 122, DeJon Harris from Arkansas, the linebacker. At 195, Josiah DeGora, the tight end from Cincinnati. At 204, 
J.R. Reed, the safety from Georgia, at 212. Carter Coughlin, there you go. That's that edge from Minnesota. I like that pick. Tavian Feaster, the running back from Clements at 213. Bryce Huff, the edge from Memphis at 230. Cam Brown, I like that pick too. I like Cam Brown at 235 in the seventh round. And then Kendall Vildor, the corner from Georgia Southern at 241. And look, you know if you draft a QB in one of these listener mocks, you're going to get some props. So I'm dapping up. My boy Aaron here for the Anthony Gordon selection. But I like the way he did this. Yeah, you know, you go a little bit different direction. Not a lot of people of them going offensive tackle with that pick at 87. But I like what he does here because you follow it with a tight end, the quarterback, a linebacker, another tight end, a safety, and then an edge. A couple of edges, but especially Carter Coughlin, who I think is going to rise a little bit as we come out of the senior bowl. He was sick down there, so I really like what he did there. Final mark here is... Isaac Gogol at X-X-I-S-A-A-C-G-O-G-E-L-X-X. Here's what he did. He did a a mock draft over at the Draft Network. He had some trades in here as well. So we got a 37 overall, Grant Grant Delpit, the safety from LSU. Then Cole Komet, the tight end from Notre Dame at 71. Ben Barch at 87, the offensive tackle from St. John's. Ben Brendison, the interior offensive lineman at 115. Thought he had a good week down at Mobile. 175, Michael Divinity. This is our name again. The edge linebacker type from LSU. And then you've got Josiah Degara. Again, the tight end from Cincinnati at 184. And then Andrew Killens Jr., the running back at 212. All very good picks. I got to say, like, the more I do the listener mocks and the more that I see, you know, the directions that people go and the names that you know, people put out there. I'm very impressed with the knowledge of the listeners, man. Like, every time I do this show, or every time I put these mocks together with listener mocks and things like that, the names and the work that people put into it, it's always impressive, man. I'm incredibly lucky. I say this not as much as I should. Incredibly lucky to have the listeners that I do. You guys put in such great work. Um, you guys do the work as well. I see it in the Scotia Slack channel. I see it on Twitter. Listeners like studying film of players so they can, you know, know what they're doing when they turn in mocks, so they know what it's what they're reading. It's very cool to see. And so I'm very appreciative of the work that you guys put in, you know, studying these guys on your own. I always say, like when I do videos or when I write articles, that like, you know, my opinion isn't written in stone. It's not gospel. You know, this is just what I see. I always try to say things like when you do your work, when you do your evaluations, when you do your film study, because look, people see different things. And that's why in NFL front offices, there isn't one scout. It's not just one person. It's a collaborative effort. You have cross checks and you have people watching, you know, multiple games of each player and you have debates and you have discussions and it plays out in NFL war rooms like it does here on the timeline. And so I do appreciate the work that people put in. That will do it for today's show. I'll be back later this week with the one and only Brad Kelly. We'll do some tight end wide receiver talk. Send in some questions again on Twitter at Mark Schofield or via the Scoso Slack channel. Email Mark Schofield at insidethepylon.com is the email addy. Until next time, friends, please, as best as you can, keep on blessing that Patriots reign. Down in Falkland.